0: With global vaccination campaigns running high on the international agenda, a British scientist who works on vaccines has been honoured by the United States. Professor Brian Greenwood of the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine was invited to give the Shepherd Lecture to the Centres for Disease Control in Atlanta on the subject of vaccination and global health. I asked Professor Greenwood about the burning issues he raised. During my talk, which was directed
1: at quite a broad audience, I tried to raise three issues. One was, looking back on my experience since I first went to work in Africa in 1965, the enormous achievements that have come through implementation of vaccination in poor countries, particularly in Africa. For example, the... really good control that we've got over measles which in the old days used to be a really serious condition and was responsible for many of the admissions into pediatric wards in hospitals in Africa and although it's not disappeared completely there has been a major advance so I really was speaking to some of the younger people in the audience just to let them know what an achievement I've seen in my lifetime. So that was the first point I wanted to make.
0: And were you pointing out then uh, the, the way that vaccination is an extremely efficient way of reducing disease? I think
1: so. It probably is the most effective way that we have of reducing infectious diseases. I mean, there are other approaches, giving drugs for prevention or setting up complicated treatment uh, regimes, But really, if you can get a vaccine that gives long protection, lasting protection, that is a very effective approach. And one of its major advantages is that you can do that at the sort of time you choose. When a person is well, they can come to the clinic. Whilst for treatment, you don't choose the time that you get sick. And it may be at a time when it's very difficult to get to a health centre. So that really is the prevention in that respect has Uh, Many advantages when you're trying to get at very underprivileged
0: populations who don't have easy access to health. Care. It seems to me there are two problems because there are a, a number of illnesses for which vaccinations are already available but which not everybody may be getting, so there's an access question, and then there's an unmet need of actual vaccines that are not yet available or ones that are but aren't licensed. Could you run me through some of these? First of all, the ones that are available but need more support. Yes, so I think you're quite correct. There's a sort of three categories that we can classify
1: the vaccines. The ones that are well-known and that are included in the immunisation programmes in most countries in the world, like measles and polio. And we know that if we are really going to completely get rid of these diseases perhaps even eradicate them as we did with smallpox you have to get very very high levels of coverage or with vaccination up to 95 percent perhaps and that really is a struggle in getting these vaccines into the last five or ten percent of the population especially in countries where the civil disturbance or where the health system is not working very well and there it really is a drive how, how to do that one of the ways that that was successfully accomplished in South America in relation to measles and polio was not just rely on the children coming to the clinics in a regular way, but to have mass campaigns that involve the whole of the population with pop stars and sportsmen and things helping to do that. And that combination of mass campaigns and running very effective infant welfare clinics has been very effective when those have been combined together. And which are the vaccines that are on the starting blocks, so to speak? Well, I think there's another intermediate group, which are the vaccines that have come along more recently, and these are ones against uh, pneumococcal pneumonia and against one of the nastiest forms of diarrhea rotavirus. And those vaccines are now licensed, they can be used, they've been shown to be safe, but they are a bit more expensive than the ones that were in the original EPI programme. And so there has to be a real push as to how we can get those more expensive vaccines into the populations that need the most, which again are the poor people um, who are least able to afford them.
0: And of course I have to ask you about malaria, TB and HIV, AIDS. So that's the third group that infectious diseases that we still
1: don't have a highly effective vaccine and i made that point in my in, in my lecture that there have been enormous achievements but we mustn't be complacent and there's still probably three or four million children dying every year from infectious diseases that could potentially like like malaria and tb which and hiv which could potentially be prevented by vaccination
0: and and we are a, a little bit close aren't we with those three
1: diseases I think malaria is perhaps malaria and TB the closest. Um, There's a big malaria vaccine trial going on in the moment that the results will be available later this year. And I think there's a good chance that that vaccine will be shown to be partially effective. There are quite a number of new TB vaccines into quite advanced trials. The one that's really proved the tough nut
0: is HIV. Mm. There is a question not only of access though Um, you may be able to get vaccines to the people but in some cases people worry about safety and there have even been campaigns in the developed world to reduce vaccination. What do you make of all of that and can we be sure about safety of these products? Well safety is an issue and all drugs and all vaccines
1: do have the potential of causing harmful effects and Perhaps the safest thing you can do is not to vaccinate your child but make certain that everyone every single one of your neighbours and the people in your community get vaccinated but that's a pretty antisocial attitude to take and vaccines often work because you get what's called herd immunity that you everybody gets protected and therefore you get some indirect protection of the people who themselves have not been vaccinated but you'll only get that when you really get very high levels of coverage so it is a social good as well as a individual good for your own children and i think some of the anti-vaccination elements come from people who are perhaps being a bit selfish Um, there is a small risk to any child who's vaccinated but one must put that in the context of Protecting the community as a whole. Of course, the risk is very small. I'm sure one must emph- emphasise the risk is very small. Um, for some vaccines, it's virtually none. Um, but for sac- vaccines like polio, um, and there is a very small risk from that. Uh, but the overall benefits to the community are vastly in excess of that and therefore it really is important that everybody does get their children vaccinated.
0: Now obviously global fundraising is massively important and I think there are some encouraging signs about that at the moment but also marketing the whole concept. um, What can you say to individual people about the bombardment of information they get? Will you reassure them that vaccination is a good idea? I think for the vaccines that are recommended by ministries of
1: health, uh, then those vaccines are really safe. Um, They have been through very, very rigorous evaluation, often in several different countries, before they get their license to be used. And the very best advice in those circumstances has said that the benefits outweigh vastly the very small risks, that there are some very small risks risk there. So that message has to get out really very, very clearly um, and that there is a social
0: responsibility to have your children vaccinated. Now you were addressing an august body of scientists at the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta. Uh, Could you sum up the sort of message that you wanted them to keep in mind and which should also be borne in mind as a bottom line message for the politicians of the world and for ordinary people everywhere? Well, I, I think it is that we must be sure that the
1: vaccines that we have got now, that we know are safe and they are effective, are available to the poorest children in the world. And there is a meeting going on today in the UK for Gavi, which has played a very important role in making that possible to make sure that they get the funds from the donors. Because even if these vaccines are, are offered at a reduced price by the companies, and we heard a couple of weeks ago that GSK are... A, going to reduce their price for rotavirus vaccine they're still going to genuinely cost perhaps two or three dollars to make and that is beyond the realm of a very poor farmer in niger paying to have his child vaccinated so i think we will have to have for some time yet a some sort of global support to make sure that these vaccines get to the poorest people and that's a very important message to get over the other one is that there are potentially another 20 or 30 diseases that could be prevented by vaccination and we haven't really begun the technology is perhaps overtaking our ability to know how we're going to use those vaccines and that will require a lot of discussion in society both in terms of acceptability would you agree to have your child given 20 vaccines
0: how we're going to pay for that how those are going to get into poor people are you actually optimistic then that in the foreseeable future it will be possible to eliminate many of these diseases? Well, I think we have to be careful
1: in using eliminate on eradication because they have a sort of technical um, meaning. Um, And there's only been one human infectious disease that's been eradicated, which means it's completely disappeared, and that's smallpox. There is one veterinary one, rinderpest, and that's important because improving health of cattle also has an impact on human health as well and also because that's a very closely related relative to the measles virus so that does give some encouragement to people who are thinking about eradicating measles. I think the next disease that will go will be polio and there is a major push which Mr Gates is putting a lot of his both personal support and encouragement to other people to make the money available to finish that disease off and that may be the second one to be eliminated and then perhaps measles will come later but that is complicated and this is not all entirely um, uncontroversial because these very big elimination or eradication campaigns cost a lot of money Um, and some people say well maybe once you've got the disease under control perhaps you should be using that money for something else um, improving schools or improving other aspects of health but the benefits are tremendous I mean um, what we've seen from smallpox which is this terrible disease has actually gone for good and I think it is worth a very very major
0: investment if we can get rid of polio and measles which I think will be the next ones. Professor Brian Greenwood of the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, who is presently working hard on the malaria vaccine, which hopefully will prove its effectiveness in the very near future. I'm Peter Goodwin for Audio News.